0: Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money and your plans in perfect harmony. And now here is the Big O Money Show with Bill Altman.
1: Welcome to the Big O Money Show with Bill Altman, Premier Advisory Group here, co-host Tony Shore. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. We have a very special show today we have a show that we've been a part of an organization uh a kind of a charitable cause for several years now and it's called a uh, one day without shoes and and it's an organization that's geared towards exactly what it says it's putting shoes on people's feet um, and this started out of lincoln um it's it's graduated to omaha and it, and it serves the people city mission in lincoln and it serves the Uh, the uh, Stevens Center right here in Omaha Uh, It's pretty fantastic and so today special guests from Cornhusker Bank and Cornhusker Bank really uh, brought this program in and, and 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 really from the ground up, Carissa Bullock has been, uh, it's her baby, and she's with us today. She's the VP of Marketing at Cornhusker Bank, and uh, Alan Chaffee uh, is Omaha area president of Cornhusker Bank, and we have both of them in. I've been working with Alan Chaffee for quite a while. We've done a lot of business with Cornhusker Bank in the past and currently, and we're very happy to have you guys on. So welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having us this morning.
1: Absolutely. You know, we told you, you know, that um, it's going to be a tough show, we're going to grill you. Okay. That's because <laughs> we want to talk about not only, uh, the shoe drive, which is important, right? But it is a financial show and, and how riveting this financial show is on Sunday mornings on 11, 10 and stretching far and wide. Um, it's important to talk about these interest rates and these mortgage rates, Alan, geez, what are you doing,
3: man? I know that uh, thanks to the fed mortgage rates have increased, uh, well, probably about a one point on average over the last few months, commercial rates have also crept up probably about a half a point on the five-year uh, commercial loan over the last couple months as well. Uh, the, it is, luckily we live in Omaha and in Lincoln and, and business really hasn't slowed down. Housing demands high, commercial construction's high. So even with the increased rates, we, we haven't seen a drop in business or activity at all.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And really probably inventory.
3: Yeah, it is an inventory thing. Uh, you know, there's a lack of housing, there's high demand, low supply of, of housing in both residentially and, and on the commercial side as well. Yeah. You know, and
1: and Danielle's a realtor with with, uh, Berkshire Hathaway and she uh, is running into issues of not being able to find clients houses and the interest rates don't seem to really be slowing it down yet. But I mean, we've been seeing five. What's the, have you, have you seen some highs on like a 30 year?
3: Yeah. I I don't know what the 30 year is at today, but it's, it's been in the fours creeping up on five here here recently for sure. Um, Which still isn't bad. No, historically it's still low. I think I think customers are, have been expecting this rate increase for a while now. Mm -hmm. So even with that, you know, yeah, you know, you could get a two and a quarter, 15 year, a 3% 30 year, not too long ago. Right. But, um, you know, even with the increased rates, clients are expecting it and it hasn't changed their activity at all.
1: Right. And I think it was built into the market a little bit. These rate increases, you know, Fed chairman Jerome Powell back about a year ago, uh, March. Okay. So if we pop back a couple, right around this time a year ago, he said, Hey, listen, it, we're going to see a spike in inflation we're going to, we're going to have to raise interest rates because they've been hovering at zero to a quarter percent on the overnight rate, the rate at which the fed loans, the bank right? Mm -hmm. Correct. And so they've been hovering super low, obviously historic lows. Um, Some countries have actually went negative, but we never went to that point. Then you get to a a, a half point increase. So now we're sitting right about three quarters of a point on that overnight rate. And then they say, coming up here very shortly, another half a point increase potentially, and maybe even another one to one and a half before the end of the year
3: after that. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that's what we've heard on our end as well. I think you'll see 6% rates on the 30-year uh, and also in, in the commercial world as well. And by when?
1: By the end of the year. Yeah. So so I think it's like if you're, you're sitting on the fence about buying a house or you're waiting for the rates to come down, I, I don't know if I would do that. Correct. I think it's time for and six percent I think is I don't want to say it's still low because we've been so used to two percent, right? But you know, like I'm geez, I fixed at two seventy five nine years ago or something or something like yeah. that, or six years ago, I fixed it there, you know, and that's, I mean, I thought that was pretty incredible, yeah. right? Which it is. But my first mortgage, if you go back to 2005 was two uh, 6.25 or six and a half percent on a 30 year fixed.
3: Yeah. And that's, you know, that's not that long ago. My wife and I, our first home in Kansas city in 2001 was at seven and a quarter. And we, we didn't know any better and we just, we did it. And that's what the market was. And we have been super spoiled over the last uh, you know, ten to fifteen years with low rates. So it'll uh it'll behavior will have to change a little bit.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it will. And and uh and it's meant to, as we've talked about before, it's meant to slow down the economy as they increase interest rates, right? We're letting air out of the tires in the financial world, you kind know, of like an econ one oh one. when interest rates go down or when the Fed increases the flow of money because that's really what quantitative easing is or people say in slang terms, like the printing of money, it's really when that fed lowers those interest rates that makes money more accessible. Is that fair to say? Yes. And then when the fed decides to increase interest rates, it's contracting the supply of money, almost acting as a vacuum sucking in a lot of this printed money. Yeah. Um, and so, and I think the media has done a terrific job about scaring the heck out of people saying, Hey, we have all this fake printed money out there in the world. And you know, the whole world's going to blow up because it's all fake printed money. And it's like, I think that's a very slippery slope to have that, to come to that conclusion, because it's going to force you under the bed and never come out, right. You're going to be so darn scared. Mm-hmm. But in fact, as the Fed increases this rates, it's going to pull back some of that money that it gave out you know, at the end of the day. And it's very difficult for safe money interest. You can go to fixed or fixed indexed annuities, but you're going to tie up money for, for a term. And that's the, that's what you're paying. That's basically your fee that you're giving up some liquidities for a certain period of time and you're getting safety with good interest on the upside, or you go to the equity markets, um, and, and, and take risk in the market, or you, Suffer with no interest. So now we might start to see with interest rates coming up a better marketplace for the safe money alternatives. Well, they're the alternatives now. We call them right. Right. They're not really. They're not. They weren't alternatives. They were the norm. Correct. You know. Now it's just become. You know. You put it under the mattress, and you mattress might might be lumpy, but at least you'll know you'll get it back.
3: Well, and during the pandemic, we saw you, you mentioned under the mattress. People put their cash in banks just for the because they were risk averse. It scared right. it scared them. Right. Uh, we saw an influx of cash, uh, it with uh, PPP deposits. Uh, we still have a lot of those deposits. A lot of banks are still sitting on a tremendous amount of cash, more than what they should for the type of market we were in. And clients just uh, compared to say two thousand eight, they just wanted to save more money and and have and be more risk averse and, and safe.
1: That's great. Uh, Chris, we've kind of left you out in the dust, but I, I, you know, I I promised you I'd let you talk all about the finance part, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so let's talk about Cornhusker Bank itself, because I'll tell you, so we've been a customer for, uh, gosh, I don't know, for a while now. I don't know. Uh, But regardless, it's been, it's been several years, obviously six years was one of them and then we were customers before that. And we've always had And a, I love I love the name too. Cornusker. That's yes. right. Yeah. Yeah. Usker power. Uh, they just gotta big start fan. winning,
3: baby. I, they will big yeah. fan. But, big fan.
1: Cornusker Bank's always been a winner in my eyes. And and I'm not just saying yes. that I, I am yeah. not just saying that it's not cliche. But the reason why is because um you've always done what you said you've you would do and it's always loans have always closed I mean, you know my wife works in the real estate business we have our own investment properties and we're constantly doing stuff in, in and out of loans and one of the biggest fears that I have ran into when I first moved back here from Arizona 16 or so years ago was uh the the, my loan didn't close on time because i got here and they're like oh wait you know we didn't have this one document and it pushed everything out a week and we have everything sitting in a big uh travel or a mover you know a moving company and and we're like staying in my parents basement and a little baby like Braden was like one or something it was a nightmare and then the people that were supposed to uh, close on their house selling our house they were pushed back because they were going back to back on their new house i will tell you we have referred quite a bit of people over to you clients of ours danielle's clients of yours and regardless of the situation being complex or simple they've all like closed on time i don't i have not i don't hear remember one time where the mortgage wasn't closed on time
3: i mean yeah, that's well, that's you. impressive though Yeah. And then we'll give credit to our mortgage team. Um, And I know you deal with uh, Luke Mitchell a lot. Give him a plug. He does a great job. One of the top mortgage producers in Nebraska, in the Midwest. And uh, he he does take good care of his clients and, and the rest of the mortgage team. Yeah, as well.
1: I mean, I mean that's that's because it, it, it is a stressful time for people. It's tip, a lot of people's largest asset, right? And and it's also their livelihood and their home, you know? So it's more than just like an investment for the majority of people. Mm-hmm. And so I've always appreciated that, so I thank you guys. And you guys are a fairly old bank, right? Nebraska?
2: Yep, 1903.
1: So tell us about the bank, Carissa.
2: Yep, started in 1903. Dittman family uh, still still family owned wonderful family-owned bank that has take, taken care of their, I mean, you look at the tenure of our staff and it's just phenomenal. I'm, I'm 15 years there now. Well, and, um, wow. It just,
0: what did you start when you were 10?
2: <laughs> thank you. Yes. Thank you. Wow, you totally. Coming in slick. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but Alice Dittman, uh, her dad started the bank, and she was integral. You've probably heard about her. Oh, yeah. So many firsts for her with a bank president, and just very well known and committed to not just Lincoln, but even in her day, Omaha as well. Just commitment to Nebraska and uh, female leaders. And so when I started at 12, she <laughs> took me under her wing right away. She wasn't there all the time at that mm-hmm. point. But when she was there, she was always visiting with me and making sure that I was, because um, I did start on senior management. I was 27, actually, wow. when I started. So I was the youngest on senior management at the time. So she definitely took uh, an interest with being the youngest and female. So just great. I mean, we do what we say we're going to do mm-hmm. and we back it up and um, our team takes such great clicks care of their clients. And so it makes, it actually makes my job easy uh, to market us and talk about us because I can stand behind what, what I'm saying to people and believe that what I say we do, we do. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Um, we've, we were thrilled to be able to expand. We've had clients in the Omaha market for years. That's awesome. We just didn't have a physical presence until uh, we opened our location here. So we already had relationships and clients in Omaha even before opened our location so
1: sure yeah we ran across the way how we ran across you guys actually was through one of danielle's clients and and she was selling their house and they were buying this new house over in whatever wherever and they were doing this bridge loan to get Mm -hmm. there and here you know this is this goes back a decade or so and it's like bridge loan hmm, that's interesting you know, how's that work? And, you know, like these people must be rich or something. They got some special <laughs> stuff going on. Right. And it well, sure. The first thing worked. I thought
0: is they're buying a bridge,
1: yeah, a bridge. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, no, a bridge. Wow. I mean, where are you going to
1: put that? No. So, you know, and, and so they're able to do, I don't want to say it's like creative financing because it's, it, it's not, I don't know if it's normal for you or not, but it's, um, but it's just a, it's a tool. I mean, it's a tool in the tool belt that you're able to use and it allows you to do things like, uh, close on your new home before you sell your old home. So you don't have to go back to back and have all that stress of what happens if something doesn't close on time or something weird with the other people or who knows what's going on. It, it, it and so we ran across that and, and that's how we got in touch with Luke. And so Danielle said, Hey, to the, her client said, Hey, I need your guy's number. You know, I need to make a relationship with people and that's where it started. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and they're always kind of thinking outside, The box and it's interesting uh, I was golfing with Alan and Luke out in uh, Lincoln one time and I don't I I think they knew everybody on the course and it's like you know the the round I believe took like seven and a half eight hours because (laughs) they had to stop every time they saw somebody so they are very well known and obviously very highly respected in the area which is cool and then he said nine years ago you came out this this program started with one day without shoes
2: yes I'll give you one example I want to Sure. Touch real quick before I go to day without shoes. Uh, one of the great things too is we can innovate and, and turn on a dime being a community bank. And recently with uh, mortgage loans, homes being taking longer to close. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a strategy meeting about extended rate lock, an extended rate lock program. And within a couple of weeks we had it turned around and launched and, and wow. available to our clients. So because homes are taking construction of homes is taking longer and people are getting worried, obviously, with rates rising. And so we just created a program. We have in, internal compliance, um, got the materials ready, everything. And within a couple of weeks, we're launched with it already and offering it to clients um, from an extended rate lock That's uh, really cool. So, yeah. yeah. So I love that. I mean, we, we, we innovate and we think, well, how can we best serve our clients where they're at? Right. And, um,
1: well, Hey, that's funny that you said that Alan comes to our office for a client. I hope I can say that. Please, Yeah. Yes. yeah. comes to our office for a client. <laughs> this is a, a, uh, say a high ranking official, um, who, uh, we're all strapped for time, but this family is extremely strapped for time. Um, and they're very important to our, to our country. Um, Alan understands this needed to get some stuff done for their accounts for the, on the banking side and is able to take care of them um, very seamlessly at one place comes to them. It's like Dr. Welby, right? Like you come to your clients. I mean, and, and it's, that's probably, I don't know if that's a normal thing, but now that I think about it, Luke always came down to us from Lincoln
3: Yeah, I and see. he's like,
1: you just show up at closing. Like you don't have to be here. He's like, Oh, I know, but I am going to be here for you.
3: A lot of our clients never see our offices just because we go to them. We go to their business, their home, their place of work. And uh, it's usually easiest that way because everyone is strapped for time.
1: Yeah. I mean, that is really cool. That right there is the relationship. That's the old school side that we want to see. We talked about service in the past. How do these companies uh, survive in this, in this environment, right? In, In our changing environment. And that's where it is. It's service. It's that next level and that's what the i don't think that's what the wells I'm sorry nasty word and and, <laughs> and and all the big ones i just don't think they can they can survive the way they used to be able to in the same i'm not saying they can't survive they got plenty of money deep pockets right um, but not the same fashion not the same relationship building yeah yep. and they they,
3: yeah. they go after a different client than we do cuz we we customize ours
1: yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, Carissa, one, one Day Without Shoes.
2: Yes, Day Without Shoes. Uh, 12, this is our 12th year in Lincoln. Okay. So, obviously started in Lincoln. Uh, we met as a team back 13 years ago and wanted to really figure out how we can make a bigger impact than we, than we already were from a community standpoint and try to get uh, our business clients involved, our, our consumer clients, the community around to rally around a cause and so we actually heard a speaker from Tom's Shoes back in the day they don't do this now but back in the day Tom's Shoes for every pair of shoes that you purchase they would donate a pair of shoes um, to a third world country in need so every time you bought a pair of shoes they would donate a pair of shoes wow Um, they changed their model because they were figuring out that's where we got the idea we wanted to bring it local Mm -hmm. and so um, they changed their their model a bit because what they were finding is when they would ship these shoes over there, they were taking jobs from the local people. And so they still give back in a big way. It's just in a different way. Mm-hmm. So we took that locally and uh, brainstormed about it and met with Pastor Tom Barber at the People City Mission and struck up a phenomenal uh, relationship, friendship. Um, he'll tell you this. Uh, he said it publicly, so it's not anything but they're a bank client now as well. Mm -hmm. They weren't even a client back then when we decided to partner with them.
1: Well, because they realize that they can do business with good people. Yeah, Yeah. And I mean, how many shoes have you put on people? I mean, what are some numbers? I'll
2: give you some numbers here. So when we started, we only collected in our branches that first year. But then we were having our our clients say, hey, how can we help? How can we be involved? Our customers were saying that. So the first year we just collected in the branches and then from there on out, we started talking to our schools and our clients and everyone wanted to start getting involved cuz it's super easy. To date, we've collected over 202,000 pairs of shoes. Wow. And donated, you know, the biggest ask is shoes. We all have shoes we don't wear that are in great condition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I give shoes every year that that someone could take in are in perfect condition. Mm-hmm. Our kids, our kids outgrow their shoes before they even right. wear out of them. So it's a really easy give. Um, We actually have collected almost $100,000 in cash for them as well, just as an ancillary. uh, People just give cash, too.
1: That's phenomenal. Yeah.
2: So in Lincoln, um, before COVID, we were up to 200 businesses and schools across Lincoln um, that were collecting with us. And so barrels get delivered to them, and they give their shoes, and um, it's, it's awesome. Now, we did have a decline just because, you know, there was a good share of these people that they weren't going into offices anymore sure. at that time. Right. So we're, we're building back up again. We were over a hundred this year Great. in Lincoln and we have increased every year. We started here with in Omaha with the Stevens center. This will be our third year, uh, Collecting Shoes in Omaha for the benefit of the Stevens Center. Yeah, and
1: everybody's familiar with the Stevens Center, phenomenal organization. It really helps people get back on their feet with shelter and food and, and fantastic. And now you partner with people like Cornhusker Bank and Day Without Shoes uh, to actually uh, bring more value. And, and 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 literally, you're putting shoes on people's feet that some don't have shoes. Um, yep. And wow. some of the shoes are completely bad. They're a lot of ho- homeless. Yep. And, and, you know, it's a, it's pretty... Uh, It's pretty inspirational to see that you have a, a, in Lincoln, a hundred, two hundreds, a lot, a hundreds, a lot, a hundred different drop-off locations that besides your banks or with your banks?
2: Um, With. So we yep. So we, including ours, we have over a hundred. Yeah. Just in.
1: Amazing. And 33 here. right
3: 33 drop spots uh, in Omaha this year. Um, So lots of locations. You can go to our website and check them out to find them. If if the most
1: important location is our office, Yes. In Miracle Hills, actually. We're a drop-off location. You know that, yes. Tony? Oh wow. We're a drop-off location.
0: I didn't realize what? that. Oh, yeah. That's awesome, Bill. Oh, yeah. I think this is a great thing because some people might find themselves down in their luck, even families uh that can't afford things like new shoes. And I, I just think this is really, really
1: important. You're doing good work there. And, and what's the website they can go to?
2: Just go to our website, Corneskerbank.com, and you'll find the day without shoes information all over the website. We are um we did just day without shoes. And so, yep. um, moving forward, we will, we will have that as the, um, website, but right now it's just cornuskerbank.com. And it lists, there's an Omaha page right now and a Lincoln page. So you can see the locations in, in each of those. Uh, last year we had, let's see, was it 3,200 pair? Is that mm-hmm. right? I think I believe so. just, yeah. In, you know, in Omaha last year.
1: Fantastic. But,
2: and you, and you think about that, you know, there was a, ga- a mom that I talked to, uh, when we were at distribution day, cause we have distribution day where we go and we help them find shoes and the mom said you know every year because of this I don't have to say well you get a new pair of shoes this year for school and you don't so I don't have to say you know only one of my kids gets a new pair of shoes and the other two just have to wear whatever they have that doesn't fit Mm. or is I mean, you think about that even just from a kid's perspective, yeah, being able to go to uh, school yeah. with confidence in a pair of shoes that fit and don't have holes. And,
1: yep, well, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, uh, Alan and Carissa, and and, and with Cornhusker Bank and, and Day Without Shoes for doing all this. And you can always find our location too at bigomoney.com. Bigomoney.com, we're a drop off location. Please bring your uh, un, unwanted. Uh, shoes that are in, in decent condition and good condition um, and and bring those in so it can help other people. Again, bigomoney.com and our phone number 402-557-6730. Again, 402-557-6730. And it looks like we're about out of time here, guys. And, and I again, yeah. appreciate you so much for being on with us today.
3: Yeah. Thank you, Bill and Tony. Yeah,
2: thank you for having
1: us. Absolutely. Thank
0: you for listening to the Big O Money Show.